Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Did my best to get my good radio voice on, Aaron, because this is it. Our College World Series preview podcast. It is June 9th. It's draft day as we're recording this. The College World Series starts on Saturday. It can't get any bigger this week. Bob Holiday of our local TV station was in here interviewing Aaron Fit, TV star. It's a crazy week. We're going to have free pizza and barbecue tomorrow. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this, does it, Aaron? No, this is as good as it gets, John. I think tonight will be uh, made for Lowenbrow, although we have a couple of interns who uh, aren't of drinking age, so they will not be partaking. Uh-huh. But somebody's going to be bringing in some Lowenbrow tonight. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to let it be Lowenbrow. That's a, that, that, that commercial, actually, I think is older than you. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll let it be Line and Kugel in the spirit of Omaha, in the spirit of a good Midwestern beer. We need some, some Boulevard pyramid. Wheat. Exactly. Boulevard, Boulevard Wheat. Boulevard Wheat is what we actually need. And I've already got my Facebook status set to full drover. So Outstanding. I'm very excited about it, and I know, Aaron, you are. Aaron, you've been. this will be your fifth trip to Omaha. This will be my 13th trip to Omaha, which is kind of ridiculous. Although I haven't been to a full-on Caldwell series. I haven't been for the entire series since Ought 3, which is kind of amazing. Incidentally, that's uh, the last time I think you didn't have any kids at Omaha. Well, I guess 04 no, you wouldn't correct. have had kids. No, that's correct. I wouldn't have had any, but that's, uh, my wife was preggers uh, with the first child. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that's actually not a coincidence. That's exactly why it happened. So, um, But I'm really looking forward to this first weekend because, Aaron, we have the top five national seeds in the tournament, all advancing to the Caldwell Series. And then we have three upset specials with two of those teams – being first-time entrants to the College World Series. And I think I think the Super Regionals wasn't a thrilling round necessarily. Only had, you know, really only had a couple series that went three games. What, in your mind, was the best Super Regional? It seems like it was the Ole Miss-UVA series. Yeah, for me, th- there's no question. That's exactly right. I mean, uh, a really exciting three games. Um, you know, the first two games were both decided with late shifts late right. in the game. Right. Um, and then Virginia, you know, you you can't say enough. We, we've said a lot about this. But you can't say enough about the the path that they've had to go through and, and how impressive they've looked to come back on, on – Sunday, John, without Andrew Carraway, since they'd used him in relief on right. Saturday. Um, you know, they start Robert Poudier and get a, a few innings out of him. Fifth and your senior has been through a lot. Yep. And then Tyler career. Wilson comes in. And, I told and you about Poudier. You did tell me, but you love that guy. I just, I just thought that was a nice little extra guy. That if you're going to have to go deep in your pitching to have a fifth-year senior in your back pocket, at least someone who you know will go out there and compete. And that's what he did. Yeah, didn't have overwhelming stuff. Just competed, and then you also have a guy like Matt Packer, who's not your main reliever anymore, but who did lead the nation in ERA last what year. What a nice luxury to have that guy, and he's not even—he's not even one of your three starters or your closer, right? Or it's, your setup man. He's right. just he's an like extra six, guy to do whatever you need him to do. They beat Ole Miss at their joint with ten thousand fans in the stands, with their seventh and sixth best pitchers, basically, and then getting to Kevin Arico. Yeah. Um, so it's it. All the kudos in the world to UVA and other kudos to Ole Miss, first for their fans, for the amazing fan support at the sure. Super Regional. Uh, also to Drew Pomeranz for coming back heroically, uh, maybe stupidly, 
uh, pitching on two days rest heroically in the regional and then coming back on four days rest after that in the super regional. We'll see how it affects Drew Pomeranz going forward. I'm not a big fan of that, Aaron. That's actually the column I'm writing today for our next magazine. I just, you know, the most attention is on college baseball this time of year, and college coaches handle their pitchers the worst at yeah. this time of year, unless you're a team that has real depth, like UVA. And the only reason that you, the only way you have real depth is you develop that real depth. And the thing is, I think Ole Miss does have that depth. They just chose not to use it. And I th- honestly think that's a reason why they've never passed Super Regionals. I, w- I was slightly appalled by this situation because not only did Pomeranz come back on two days rest. Let's lay all this out for a second here. And, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but yeah. the guy throws eight innings the first game of the Regional on a Friday. Right. Okay, it's not a, it's not a, a, a four-inning four. start. This is not just a, a brief outing. He goes eight innings, strikes out ten. Comes back on two days rest, goes nine, strikes out 16. Right. So this I'm, is not, again, this is not a short outing. It's one thing if you bring back... You know, Mike Miner, and he throws three innings. You know, in two days. Okay, all right. It's but still not ideal. It's not ideal. But, but it's but better than going nine. Going nine and throwing. I mean, and, and obviously, if he struck out sixteen, he must have had a high pitch count. I don't know what the pitch count was, but well, I you're assume not going to find that on Ole Miss. You're not going to find it on their website. Uh, and then he comes back on short rest again. Four days is, is plenty, but that's short rest. It's short rest in college. Yeah, and, you're used to getting a week, six days, and then you get four days. That is different. So he comes back again and throws eight more innings and strikes out ten. I mean, isn't the whole deal 143 with pitches we found out on that one, thanks to Virginia, we actually got the pitch count. Isn't the whole deal that um, Ole Miss has pitching depth? Even without Scott Biddle, they have Buckfitch, they have Irwin, they have Baker. Baker. They have veteran arms, not just freshmen. They have experienced arms. Not freshmen or sophomores, Pomerantz sophomore. You know, Drew Pomeran should be one of the first five college pitchers in next year's draft, just looking ahead. There's a group, depends on the injury factor and all these kind of things, but, you know, he's right toward the top of that with Anthony Renato of LSU and uh, Matt Harvey in North Carolina and the guys at uh, San Diego, if they're healthy, Solis and Blair. I mean, he's on that short list. Yeah. And uh, maybe he won't be after the way he was used uh, in the postseason. And Ole Miss, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, they've lost four Super Regionals at home. That's right. In this decade, uh, I would like to see how many other programs have lost more than one. I mean, they have amazing fan support. They've done great things with that program. But I think uh, running Drew Pomeranz into the ground is not going to help them in the future. Uh, I don't think it will. So so you had the sixth-place team in the ACC, as we were constantly reminded by committee chairman Tim Weezer when he sent UVA on their fantastic voyage out to Irvine and then to Oxford, and, and UVA brushed it aside. Then you have the seventh-place regular season team in the SEC, correct, Arkansas? That's right. Which goes to the ACC regular season champion, Florida State, which, as we kind of have pointed out, you know, great season, great job by Mike Martin, but they went 12-0 against the four teams that didn't make the ACC tournament, 7-9 against the uh, the eight teams that did make the ACC tournament. They obviously didn't play one of them. But uh, So Florida State loses at home, and that's, again, where pitching depth really killed Florida State. And I think that rain delay the first day really affected Florida State, which has less front-line pitching. I guess yeah. really Arkansas has five or six guys they really trust, where Florida State's more like two guys they really trust, and everybody else kind of after that's kind of a mismatch. I was surprised the way, the way Mike Martin used his bullpen, though, 
um, in that in that second game. I mean, I I couldn't believe that Jack Posey is the guy you have out there to close it out at the end. I mean, and you use Jimmy Marshall for two thirds of inning in relief. Jimmy Marshall's your your guy. He's your Most veteran. Most of the year, he's been your guy. I yeah. mean, and I don't I don't know exactly. You know, I haven't I haven't heard Mike Martin's explanation for that, but I found that surprising. And and Jack Posey doesn't have any saves this year. I mean, yeah, and then was, you're asking him to save your season basically. Yeah. So a heroic comeback by Florida State in the top half of that inning with big hits by yeah. the guys you expect to get big hits for them, Tyler Holt and Stephen Cardulo. Um, you know, kind of a couple of All-Americans there. Uh, you'll find out at BaseballAmerica.com this week what kind of All-Americans they are, first team, second team, third team. But uh, I think great kudos to Dave Van Horn for the adjustments that they made at Arkansas down the stretch this year after they kind of fell apart really the second half of the regular yeah. season where they lose five of their last six series that sounds right. in SEC play. And then they come back and win a regional on the road and a super regional on the road, and they haven't lost in regional and super regional play. A perfect 5-0 and in Norman and in Tallahassee, two tough places to play. So Arkansas is hot. Now Dave Van Horn, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, Aaron, but I think he's 0 for Omaha in the Coddle Series. I'm sure he won games there right. when he was coaching Nebraska. I think his teams are 0-6. That he's coached two Nebraska clubs and one Arkansas. club. He was club. definitely over over two and in four with Arkansas, and I, I think and I think you're right. Nebraska. I think he's I think he's over Omaha. I know for sure he was over Nebraska, and on that side of the bracket, Aaron, with Fullerton, Arkansas, Virginia, LSU, I have Arkansas checking in as the number four team yeah. in that fourteen that, bracket. That's a really tough group there, and um, there's no team that's that's hotter than Cal State Fullerton. It's just demolished teams the way Cal State Fullerton has. And, you know, I think they've had a pretty easy path compared to some of the other teams here. Nothing against Louisville. Louisville, I think, is, is a quality club. Yeah. And, and Fullerton just, just dismembered those guys. But Louisville coming to Fullerton is less hazardous, really, than, say, any of the road any of these other teams had. LSU didn't have to leave home, but they had Rice come in for a Super Regional, right. which had been to three straight trips to the College Series. UVA, we talked about how hard their road is, and Arkansas had to go on the road twice, too. Out of these teams, Fullerton's by far had the toughest, I mean, the easiest road that said, I'm not sure who's playing better, them or UVA. I know. I, to I do had what this. UVA did, and going back to the ACC tournament, uh, their wins have been two at Ole Miss, two at Irvine, Strasburg, Florida State in the ACC tournament, Clemson, and North Carolina. That's their last eight wins. That's insane. That's, they, they've won eight of their last nine games, and those are the opponents. That is insane in the membrane. It's, it's, it's got no brains, and it's going insane. So uh, I think you've and, and of course I mean LSU we you know what, what they've done all year long but you know they they beat Rice twice in a row I mean that's what's a, the lowest LSU ranked in our poll all year fifth after they yeah, lost they two even, out of three at home to Illinois I think that sounds about right I, I don't think they went lower than that it's amazing really LSU and Fullerton have been pretty much as consistent as any clubs I mean combined they have five series losses all year so I think Fullerton very happy not to see TCU. Yeah. In Omaha, since they lost at TCU. Maybe they wanted to get a little payback. I don't yeah, know. I bet you they did. <laughs> but uh, I'm r- if I'm looking at these teams, Aaron, right now, the way they're playing, I'm ranking it Fullerton 1 on this bracket, LSU 2, UVA 3, Arkansas 4. What Let me you tell have? you something, John. Tell me something. Fullerton, Drop I think, some knowledge Fullerton, on I think, is going to win this side of the bracket. That's my Tell opinion. me why. Because they're, they're, re- they're really old, for one thing. I mean, we're talking about fifth-year seniors all over the place, behind Garneau, the plate, and Justin Clark. Garneau, Joe Scott, Jared Clark. Joe they, Scott still have that mustache going? Oh, yeah. He's, Handlebar? He's, he's, it's, it's, it looks pretty, pretty good. <laughs> okay. Um, they're great defensively. I mean, they've got uh, an outstanding shortstop, uh, you know, Christian in the middle, Cologne, Christian Cologne, a great center fielder, and Josh Fellhauer. I mean, they're, they're just outstanding at every position. Uh, they, they're doing everything. They're doing everything well. They're, they're young pitchers. You know, there was 
maybe a peak in Valley this season, but they're peaking right now. They've looked really good. Noe Ramirez and Daniel Rankin and um, you know, Tyler Ramirez, Pill and Nick Tyler Ramirez. Fullerton, to me, is, is just – they're just – Absolutely clicking right now. But on the other the other matchup is what I want to talk about. Okay, UVA LSU. UVA LSU. I think yet John, another ACC SEC battle. Yeah, and and also a, a, a we got a little uh, Dave Serrano oh. George Horton angle oh, here. Oh, awesome! Yeah, the the pupil and the uh, teacher here in Palmineri and his former exactly. assistant Brian O'Connor, neither of whom now at Notre Dame. That's right. But this game to me is fascinating. Oh, it's and, fascinating. And, and I think Virginia is going to win this game, John. And I'll tell you why. Do you really? I do. Okay. Danny Holtz. The way you the way you beat LSU is you've got a not just a left hander but a good firm left hander. Yeah, I mean they've got you know these there's a lot of their best bats. Schimpf. Blake Dean, Ryan Schimpf, Jared Mitchell, you know even even Leon Landry who hasn't played as much lately, uh, and then Micah Gibbs. You you turn him around to the right side. I mean that's the way to attack those guys. They, it's been proven this year they're vulnerable against lefties. And this guy Holtson is not a thumbing lefty. He's a firm lefty. Like you said, yeah, he's firm. He's he's 88 to you know into the low 90s. He's not a power lefty, but he's a firm lefty. It's a good firm lefty with excellent command. He can mix three pitches. I like that matchup for Virginia. And also, you know, Renato is really good for for LSU, but. What has Virginia proven these last few weeks? They can hit velocity. Absolutely. They that's can hit Alex White. They can hit Strasburg. They can hit Renato. That's the thing that makes me think you got to see Lewis Coleman in game one if you're LSU. You might need to throw Lewis Coleman out there because that guy is your gritty, gutty winner, number one. And number two, Anthony Renato, power arm against Fullerton. That's a good matchup where Fullerton's yeah. got experience. But offensively, is that really a team that really like, – who's a bat speed guy on Fullerton? Chris Davis, maybe that's about it. I think if I'm LSU, if I'm Palmineri, hey, I'm not telling them what to do, but I guess I am. I would go matchup. I think I think this postseason has shown you got to go matchup. Yeah. Kevin Brandt, they tried to go matchup with East Carolina. That was the most competitive game they played against North Carolina in that Super Regional, which was a dud of a Super Regional. Yeah. But I, I I agree with you that the matchup works for UVA. I think LSU's got to throw Lewis Coleman, their senior, in that first game in Omaha. Because that first game is where the Jitters are there. And he'll have plenty of rest. I mean, I think he pitched, what, Saturday or was Sunday. it Friday? Sunday. He pitched Sunday, and he'll have five days the whole re- regular week. Are they pitching? Are they pitching is he'll, that the Saturday game? No, it'll be the Sunday game, so it'll so be regular full, rest. He's on regular, re- regular rest. So I like the idea of Coleman in that game. And even though I think Fullerton is playing the best of these teams, I'm, pick, I'm switching my pick. I'm picking LSU to win this bracket now. Even though I think Fullerton is the best of these teams, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by Coleman. And Coleman and Renato to sure. me with Matty Ott, it's it's a dime's worth of difference between Fullerton, LSU, and UVA. Oh yeah, you got to pick somebody. I mean, and hey, in Arkansas, first half of the year, Arkansas was great. Last time they saw Arizona State, they beat them, you know, head to head twice. Granted, it was midweek starters, but they still did beat them. So all four of these teams, I think, are teams that you, know, you could have looked at any point in the season and say, yeah, I can see them in Omaha. But it's, I think it's always good to have a newcomer in the field like Virginia. I love it. And yeah. then some other big brand names of college baseball and Fulton and LSU, some big-time coaches. Uh, you have a lot. I, I think this bracket's a, an outstanding bracket. Yeah, I, I know, think the whole right. The whole eight-team bracket's a great bracket. Other bracket, Aaron, Texas, the number one overall national seed. Southern Mississippi, the Cinderella team of the year, a three-seed in their regional. Very questionable team as to whether or not they would have gotten in or not. But, yeah. boy, they've been outstanding in regional and super regional play. Arizona State, the number five national seed, and North Carolina, the number four. Did I flip those? That's, I think that's right. North Carolina is the four. Arizona State is the five. You have a Texas team that's in its 33rd trip to Omaha. You have Arizona State that's won a lot of championships, but none since 1981. You have North Carolina making its fourth consecutive trip to the College Series, but uh, twice a bridesmaid, never the bride. 
And you have Southern Miss. I'll tell you something, Sean. To me, Southern Miss right now is is a bigger underdog, a bigger Cinderella story, if you will, than Fresno was last year. Fresno was a preseason top 18 team last year. Southern Miss was not close to that radar. I I think we we had them as a preseason regional team. Right. But, I mean, this team, they lost their last four conference series. They look, they look dead. I mean, they after they lost the Brian Dozier, they looked dead in the water. They rallied late for Corky Palmer. You know, they got the shortstop in there, B.A. Valmuth. What a player he's turned out to be. There's a late catalyst for both these teams. And for Fresno State, it was Tanner Shepard's getting gone. Yeah. And whether they want to say it or not, they've never said it. My, they were better minus Tanner Shepard's than they were with him, clearly. And then uh, with Southern Miss, they're clearly better with Dozier. But they've rallied emotionally yeah. for their coach, and it's just been—it's been three weeks. Now, will they be satisfied, Aaron? Or I mean, I talked to a scout last night who saw that—that uh, that super regional. He just thought Southern Miss was the better team, and you said you've talked to people who said yeah. the same thing that Florida has talent, but especially on the mound, Southern Miss really equalized things with McGinnis and, right. and Ballinger, and then their closer—I'm uh, forgetting his name—Cargill. Uh, who just better than what Florida has. And, you know, there was the, the people I talked to about Southern Miss last week when I was doing those scouting reports questioned the, the middle relief. Right. But those guys came up big. Jonathan Johnson in particular in yep. that first game came up huge for Southern Miss. You know, if, if, I had, if I had made my pick last week after I had done my scouting reports, talking to coaches about these teams, I probably would have picked Southern Miss because you know, they just they sound, they sound like they're really good right now. They're an older team. Um, but you know well, you what? You have some talent here too. It's not, it's not pro talent. But like Kyle Maxey was a big deal pro recruit out of high school. Yeah, he was a big time Florida State recruit at one time. He's gone back to junior college. James Ewing and Bo Davis to me are the ultimate uh, Southern Miss kind of player. They're older seniors. I mean, they're. I, mean, I know Davis is a fifth year senior. His brother's the quarterback on the football team. He's athletic. He leads the team in steals. He leads the team in home runs. You know, he's a really good player. Really good player. He's got tools, but he's 24, so he's not thought of as a quote-unquote prospect. And then, you know, the, the prospects on the team really are the pitchers, McGinnis and Ballinger. I believe we actually have wrong on this chart. I'm pretty sure Ballinger's the redshirt, so the, the draft-eligible sophomore, and McGinnis is a junior. But I, I could be wrong about that. Um, I think we have him wrong on this chart, though. But those two guys are they're just shorter right-handers. Like I had one guy say, well, if you squint, you, know, you might see Ben Sheets. You know, maybe you see a little Roy Oswald. Because the guy who will scrape 92 in Ballinger, sit 87 to 90, and has that big curveball, kind of power sure, breaking ball. Sure. So uh, this is a legit team. I mean, they don't need us to say that. They're in Omaha. But uh, they are a talented team. They just don't have the big pro prospects. Maybe that's why they've kind of flown under our radar a little bit. But like you said, we did have them I, as the a regional team. The reason season. they flew under our radar is because they lost four straight conference series at the end of the year. That's yeah, why. They were on the radar. They, they were on the radar. I mean, hey, you know, again, I, I hate to keep going back to this, but look at the scouting report we ran on these guys before they played Cal State Fullerton. It was glowing, and they got swept by Cal State Fullerton, and they didn't win a series all year long against a team that was even close to being regionals. Until, I mean, that's why, that, hey, guess what, Southern Miss? That's how you fly under the radar. You don't beat anybody good <laughs> until the postseason. Now you've done it. We give you kudos. Congratulations. Yes, and I think that's a very good way to say it. They deserve, uh, they deserve everything they've gotten at this point. Uh, it's pretty impressive for them to go and do what they've done to win a regional. Anytime a team wins a regional and a super regional on the road, I don't care how they do it. It's impressive to do it. And you had a couple of Southern SEC teams. And an ACC team, well, you had three super regionals lost at home. 
that's that's bucking the the trends, Aaron. I think that the home field advantage is becoming a little less and less every year as the yeah. talent gets a little more spread out. I think you, you're onto something there. Just my just my opinion. I do think while the UVA LSU game is the marquee on the other side of the bracket, North Carolina Arizona State. What a great matchup that's going to be on the other side of the bracket. First of all, the personalities of those two coaches couldn't be more different. Mike Fox and Pat Murphy. Uh, those are very different jokers, number no, one. Right. That's a great point. Number two, again, does Arizona State go with its ace? And Mike Leake is more of an ace for them than Anthony Renato is for LSU. Yep. Or do you go with your lefty with the breaking stuff and Josh Spence, who just threw a CG shutout against a lineup quite similar to North Carolina's in Clemson in the Super Regional, a lefty-leaning lineup, albeit a lineup without any single hitter as good as Kyle Seeger, not to mention as good as Dustin Ackley. You know, I, I think, first of all, you and I agree that they're probably going to go with Leak because that's Murph's guy. is his it's number his one guy. guy, has been. But secondly, here's the other reason. Spence had pitched seven innings in the last seven weeks, right. and he threw nine innings on Sunday. You're going to bring him back on Saturday. I think you probably want to give him a little extra rest. Crikey, not sure he's going to do that. So I just had to do that. I, I love Josh Spence. I love him in Central Arizona. I love him now even more after actually seeing him on the, on the old TV against Clemson. But uh, that's a fascinating matchup, Aaron. I got to say, uh, I had a scouting director earlier this year when I was doing some draft calls. We talked about the small number of position players in college baseball this year for the draft. And one of the things he harped on there was small. And the two teams he brought up were North Carolina and Arizona State. Like in North Carolina State when they played the Smurfs theme for the Little Men in Blue for UNC. <laughs> just fairly clever and snide. And That's good. Stay hot at UNC State with no chancellor, no provost, and no chairman of the board right now. Is that now. right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, my, my wife's bosses all resigned in the last week. Thanks for coming nice, out. Nice scandal over at NC State. But uh, getting back to baseball. But this is uh, – I don't think it's a great matchup for Arizona State. I really don't. I still think Arizona yeah. State is my pick. But I really don't think they're the best team. I'm still picking them, and the, the reason I'm picking them is they have not won when they've had the best team in many in many cases. I don't think the best team always wins at Omaha. Yeah. I think they've got some. Uh, I think they got some vibes over there. I think they got some some juju. You, they got a nice freshman shortstop. Freshman shortstop's like the theme of this whole deal. Yeah, how about that? You got your B. A. Valmuth. You got your uh, your your Drew Maggi, who looked terrific to me in that super regional against Clemson. Really good player defensively. Can do some things with the bat. I like that kid a lot, but. Uh, John, it sounds like if you think Arizona State is going to win that bracket, you have to you have to believe they're going to win that first game. Yeah. I know you said it's a tough matchup. No, to win this bracket, and I'm picking them. I'm not picking them logically. To win the bracket and to win the Cardinals series, they have to win that first game. Because I don't have. I know they have better pitching depth yeah. than they've had in the past. I don't think their pitching depth is so good. And come back out of the losers bracket. Right. I think for them to win, they're riding Mike Leake and Josh Spence to the promised land and. I'll be honest, again, I don't have tremendous confidence, but that was my pick coming out. Honestly, I have my doubts about North Carolina. Uh, you have all year. I have, but, I mean, I guess they've only been a swage really in the last two weeks. They have scored in regional and super regional play. They haven't seen tremendous pitching. Right. They've seen pretty good pitching. They've seen competitive guys. You know, yeah. East Carolina. They threw a good left-hander at him, Cody Wheeler. I mean, he's good. Right. Oh, no, you're right. Um I mean, Coastal, Coastal, Coastal Carolina, Carolina, I'm sorry. Right, Coast, yeah, I, was, I, I knew Wheeler wasn't for East Carolina. Cody Wheeler had a very nice year. Kevin Brandt had a very nice year. North Carolina did what it had to do, and the key for them offensively seems to be getting some production out of the bottom of their order and guys who you don't think of as key guys yep. for them, but they are right-hand hitters. Garrett Gore, Ryan Grapel. I guess when it's all said and done, 
The reason I don't have ultimate faith in North Carolina is I don't have ultimate faith in those hitters. And I don't think Ryan Grable and Garrett Gore are yeah. going to be the difference makers for them in Omaha. Well, but nothing, it wouldn't shock me if either of those two teams – I think those are uh, – if I had to pick rank my picks, I'd probably go Arizona State, North Carolina, LSU. Here's all right now. Four. Let me. I mean, here's my thoughts on on North Carolina and Arizona State. Yeah, I like this is a great matchup. This is a great matchup. Jeez. First off, I mean, you, you mentioned Garrett Gore. Garrett Gore is not an imposing player. No. But he's been. This is his fourth trip to Omaha. Nothing should phase him. There. I mean, you're he's, right. He's 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 become Mr. June. If you look at his career postseason numbers, they're a lot better than his regular season numbers. He hits in the postseason. He's he's a big he's a big game guy, and they've got a lot of guys like this. They've got seniors, you know, Mike Cavasini, He's been there for four years now. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a fourth year junior. You know, yeah, and 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 he's he was doing some things in super regional that that I hadn't seen from him pretty much all year. I if, mean, if he makes consistent contact and puts the ball in play and can be again productive at the bottom of their lineup, it changes everything. To me, though, the key for North Carolina to win this matchup, Alex White's gotta gotta have his command because I think if he throws strikes. Arizona State hasn't seen a lot of guys with his kind of stuff and velocity. I mean, Arizona State can really beat guys with just adequate stuff. But can they can they do they have the big time bats to hit a big velocity guy? I mean, other than Jason Kipnis, you know, hey, Carlos Ramirez looked good against Clemson. He did. But but and, and you know, I and I like you know I like Clemson's arms. I do. But none of them are as good as Alex White. Correct. If Alex White throws strikes and doesn't walk guys, and, and you know, and that's that's Arizona State's forte. They're patient. You know, they're going to work drive, drive up your pitch count. And um, but if, if Alex is around the strike zone, I think North Carolina wins that that matchup and wins that bracket. Here, I think is the best thing that North Carolina's coaching staff does with their players, and and Coach Fox does tweak the lineup from time to time. But especially with the pitchers, they trust their pitchers. Yeah, they put their guys in, and even if they don't have their best stuff, he's running Alex White out there again for the super regional opener. And that's the reason for that is he trusts Alex White. And usually if you trust your players, that gives them confidence, and a confident player is a successful player. Great point. Baseball is like that. And Alex White just kind of seemed like he needed that little extra nudge to stop worrying about the draft, stop worrying about injuries, this little nagging thing here, nagging thing here or there. I'm not in his body. I can't tell how much of a pulled hamstring it was. Scott was, Forbes said it was severely pulled. See, if it worth. was severe, he would not have been able to throw. That's what I figured. That well. week or the next week. <laughs> uh, no, no offense, Forbesy, but the, how severe could it really have been if the guy was pitching? You know. Um, so to me, uh, that's the best thing North Carolina does. They put their players out there and put confidence in them. They have confidence in their players. They keep having confidence in Garrett Gore. They might have moved them down the lineup. They may have moved them down the defensive spectrum. But he's still in their lineup. They're still counting on him. Even when he had yeah. his defensive problems last year, Mike Fox kept them as part of the team, put him at the DH. We need you. Those kind of things are the reason why Garrett Gore, yeah. even when he's moved to DH, can be productive in the postseason because the coach still believes in him, and that's an important message to send. I just think that Dustin Ackley and Alex White and Adam Warren and Garrett Gore, I mean, Adam all these Warren older the, guys, yeah. they're going. I think they're going to will North Carolina to, to, to finally take this thing. I really do. I just think those guys are such, especially Ackley and White, are such good players, great players, and this is their last chance, and, and I just think there's something special about this group of guys. Dustin Ackley with a big college world series has a chance to go down as one of the college baseball's all-timers. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. He's hit 403 straight years. He's, I think, eight RBIs away from winning an ACC Triple Crown, which would make the second straight year the ACC had a Triple Crown winner after Buster Posey last year. Uh, but no one has been on the stage in Omaha and been as good on the stage in Omaha as Ackley's been. All that's really missing is a national championship. And, I mean, he'd be like the Tyler Hansborough of college baseball, only yeah. with more professional talent. I mean, it would be, uh, it'd be like he's Tim Tebow or something like that. So 
I'm making analogies to sports that really don't fit. But the point is, Dustin Ackley, great college player. The only thing missing from the resume is a college series championship. Texas is how they're miss, Aaron. I got to tell you, seeing some of Texas the last couple weekends, I'm not impressed. I really wouldn't be surprised if Southern Miss win that game. Me neither. I mean, Chance Ruffin started and then closed the Super Regional. They didn't need to do that. I didn't get that. Texas has so much pitching depth. Why, of all teams, is Texas the team that's gone to the whip more than any other team, even more than Ole Miss, with Austin Wood going 169 pitches? And then Austin Wood was spent this weekend. He couldn't close out a 5 nothing game. I mean, he can hold Boston College scoreless for – 12 innings, hit list for 12 innings, but he can't hold a 5 nothing lead against TCU. He needs relief help. And of all people, he needs relief help from Chance Ruffin on a day's rest. Come on, Augie. Yeah. You can do better than that. I agree. It's just disappointing to see college baseball, when the spotlight shines brightest, the sport goes back to this mentality, like Mike Bianco said, his own words, at this point it's about winning. Well, if you want to be about winning, you'll use your pitcher smarter. You won't ask your pitchers to do things that you shouldn't ask them to do. Yeah. And you shouldn't ask these 21-year-olds to do things that are beyond their body's capabilities. And I think that's what these uh, and guys have And, you know, kudos. Let, let's call out the coaches who've done things the right way. Paul Maneri, you know, Brian O'Connor, Mike Fox. I mean, those guys, I think, really have taken care of their arms. You've seen it even this postseason. For the most part, North Carolina did questionably handle Matt Harvey last year in Omaha. Warmed up. Game was rained out. Pitched the next day. Game got suspended by rain. Came back the very next day again. That raised a lot of eyebrows around the industry and also the way that Alex White was handled in Omaha last they also, year. They also, I believe, took him out, though, after about four or five innings when he was cruising along. But it was three days in a row. You're right. I, I, now, you remember last year I came in in the office, or maybe I was in Omaha, I forget, and I was raving about how well Matt Harvey threw that third straight day. I'm just telling you, around, I'm not judging it. I'm saying that around the industry, around the baseball industry, a lot of eyebrows were raised by that. So I agree that for the most part, North Carolina really handles their pitchers very well. Uh, I think that that's always something that's been a trait of Fullerton's program sure. under with, with Dave Serrano as their pitching coach. Absolutely. That said, when they won the national title in 04, Jason Windsor, <laughs> Jason Windsor and Ricky Romero both on yeah. three or four days rest. It was short rest, deep pitch counts. You're right. Now, they were long tossing like crazy at that time, as I, as I have been told. Sources indicate they were heavily into the banding and the long tossing and what I would call the Alan Jager, John Manuel pitching system. <laughs> Devised by Alan, Alan Jager, uh, proselytized by John Manuel. Um, but there's not – I mean, Arkansas, all I have to say is Charlie Boyce. You know, 200-some pitches in a Super Regional. There are very few college programs that when it comes to uh, – I'm trying to think of a clever way to say it. When it gets to crunch time, they don't go to their number one guy and ask them to do too much. And actually a guy, Palmineri – is one guy yeah. who throughout his history has not done that. Aaron Heilman back at Notre Dame is the example that he always brings up. Absolutely. And it's, and it's didn't, did apropos. not bring Aaron Heilman back on two days rest. He lost a regional because of it. He lost a regional at home to Florida International. And uh, you know, the next year they got to Omaha. And, uh, so it's, it can't, you know, it's, not just your, it's not your only chance. You can't treat it like it's your only chance. If we don't go now, we'll never go. You just can't treat it that way. You can't treat your kids that way. You can't treat your pitchers that way like it's a meat grinder, right? It's disappointing uh, that college coaches do it, but they do it. They do it all over the country. It's not one guy. The biggest problem I had with all the criticism of the Texas-BC thing was that Mike Belfiore actually had been stretched out most of the year. He did get extended to 75, 80 pitches a couple times this year. At at Duke being one example where you saw, I left. I bailed on the game. You didn't. You saw Mike Belfiore Belfiore go like 
five, six innings. Yeah. Was he extended more in that game at Texas? Absolutely. Was that game extenuating circumstances, a 25-inning game? Absolutely. Uh, do major league teams do the same thing in that kind of situation? Yeah, they do. They do extend guys. You're right. They pitch, they pitch position players, like we saw the other day uh, in a big league game where Josh Wilson got the loss. Is that any better? Uh, I, I, I would wager it is and it isn't. Yeah, you aren't extending your pitchers, but you're putting a position player. You're asking him to do something he never does. I think I might extend the pitcher rather than ex- have a pitch a position player pitch, but it's a different philosophy, and that's a regular season. That's one out of 162 major league games versus a game with actual championship you know, ramifications. And the sure. other issue, of course, is that these players actually want to win the Caldwell Series, and right now that matters more to these players than uh, the draft, which I you know I applaud. I don't think they should be knocked for that. Yeah. That's a long peroration. Aaron has nothing else to say about it. I, you know, I agree with you. Are you still picking North Carolina at this point? You still are. picking North Carolina, John. Who, I, who, I are your, think who are your place and show? I who mean, are they? I, who are they facing? I'm still picking Arizona State, even though I'm. I know rationally they're not the most talented team. They're good, though. They really are. I mean, they're I was very, very good. I was very impressed with the way that they beat Clemson, which uh, you know I like Clemson's team. I think they're probably the fourth best team here for for ranking the teams. I think I'm going just best teams here. Dime's worth of difference. I think I might uh, – I can't decide between US, UNC and LSU. I really can't. I think you throw UNC, LSU, Cal State, Fullerton. In a hat. In a hat. And, and Virginia maybe as well, honestly. I'd say Arizona and State and Virginia are a half step behind. half step behind. That's fine. A half step behind. With and then I that. think Texas is about a full step behind. I think Arkansas and Southern Miss maybe a step and a half. That works. We're keep on I like using it. that. I like it. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Arizona State, LSU in the championship, and Arizona State walk away with its first. You're I like, saying North, I like Carolina, North Carolina over Fullerton. Uh, we've got, between the two of us, we've got half of it covered. Watch it be Southern Miss against Arkansas. Yeah, I bet, I, yeah that's the way it's been the last few years here, the teams that you been. don't pick. But you can't be afraid to make a pick. Just uh, You can't be afraid to be wrong. That's you right. can't play the game with fear. You can't prognosticate with that's fear. Right. I don't see any fear in your eyes. You have, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid either. I'm just uh, – you probably see hunger If Clemson were here, I'd pick Clemson, damn it. <laughs> no, I'm just Actually, kidding. you'd pick them to lose the A&M <laughs> in the finals. So, oh, Too, Touche. All right. Uh, Aaron, when do you get to Omaha? Thursday? I'll be there Thursday. So you'll be blogging Thursday. Most the, likely. The, the coaches' uh, uh, fet. Yeah, little, that, is, uh, that is Friday. Their little presser is Friday. I will go – I'll get in Friday evening. We'll hit the Drover. Saturday the game start up. We'll have ridiculous complete coverage from – Omaha, from the Blatt, as we always do at Baseball America. We really appreciate the download. Really appreciate all the uh, traffic we've had this year on the podcast. Keep sending the questions in or get on the comments on the college blog, and Aaron and I will uh, try to get back to you. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. The next time we talk to you, we'll be live from Omaha here on the Baseball America College Podcast. Until then, so long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.